Jeff here. We'll get back to the podcast in a second, but I wanted to let you know of an opportunity to help you further develop your church online. Here at the Church Digital, we've found some of the best ways for churches to grow their ministry online is to work alongside other churches. To that end, the Church Digital is opening up some coaching cohorts in January 2020. Through our cohorts, you'll be connected with churches with similar goals in place in ministry and work through these goals together over the six months under the guidance of the crew here at the church digital in 2020 invest in your church online invest in you for more information and to find out how you can save 20 percent, visit the church.digital slash cohort let's not get hung up on a facility that's a direct quote from mark venti here on episode 29 of the church digital podcast we had a great episode a great interview great conversation And I got to tell you, it went a little long, but it is so rich with concepts for church online, for digital church, for mobile app church that I don't want to add a bunch of stuff here in the beginning. I just want you to listen to the interview because right from the get-go, it is solid, solid stuff. So here's who I'm bringing to the table today. Uh, Mark Venti, executive pastor of Church Home there on the West Coast. I'm bringing in Rady Armas, online pastor from Christ Fellowship Miami, and myself, of course, Jeff Reed from The Church Digital, in a conversation that I'm calling Creating Church Culture Digitally. Hey, everybody. Here you go. Our church started in 1992, and I came over. uh, I started attending church home. It was then called the City Church. So it was launched called the City Church in Seattle, Washington. Mm -hmm. And I joined the church in... 2000. I kind of dabbled in it a little bit before that, uh, but I came to do our Bible college, and the church saw a lot of growth early on, and I came on staff in 2001, uh, cleaning toilets and washing windows, and um, then during that time, uh, myself, I, I did a lot of youth ministry, and during that time, our church also transitioned to doing multi-site. We launched our first location in 2004. Uh, and so I was a part of that on the youth ministry side, uh, how to how to start and grow our youth ministry uh, in multiple locations. And a really fun time. Our pastor right now is Judah Smith. So his parents started the church, and he was the youth pastor though. And I worked with him back in youth ministry, and, and you know had a really fun time building the youth ministry uh, in the multi-site environment. And what that meant was we did four youth services a week in person. So that was a lot. Um, and I did the high school and the music, and then I, I slowly morphed into becoming the college and young adults pastor and uh, campus pastor, two of our locations, one that's on the University of Washington, so it's pretty much all college students, um, a lot of fun. It would triple the third week of September when all the students came back, and um, then like the second week of December, it was like the rapture happened. Um, and then I campus pastored at our main location and the church has just been through, you know, a bunch what happened in 2006, uh, sorry, 2005, right after we started this new location, we were looking into getting a new building. And at that point we needed to get insurance on our lead pastor, uh, to get leverage with the bank and discovered that he had multiple myeloma. And so the mission of our church became the healing of our pastor. And so our church was growing at an exponential rate, um, you know, in those first 10 years. 
And then all of a sudden our mission became that he would get better. So throughout all of that, we stayed about the same size of a community. Uh, Judah took over the church in 2009 and a year later, his dad passed away. Um, so it was, you know, then, then we went through quite a bit of a season of uh, transition because Judah was transitioning to church and mourning his dad's, his dad's life at the same time. Um, this is when I was out to UD, so I was kind of in a little bit of a bubble because I'm with a bunch of young college students that have no connection to our past. And um, so, it, you know, I, I wasn't in the middle of all that pain as much as a lot of our community was here. And then I came over and helped uh, lead our main location for, for four years and then transitioned into a leadership team role, uh, which is where I sit now and helping resource uh, all of our locations. And I'm, I'm primarily involved with uh, expansion and growth for our church. There is so much really good there, especially, you know, I heard succession plans, health longevity of, of being on yeah. staff and, and really like, and that's, that's like the first question I would ask. And that's not even what I wanted to dig into. <laughs> so you, you started, I mean, I'm not saying you were in the mailroom, but you were you, you basically like cleaning toilets. Is that a literal thing? My second year as a college student, I started, I became a janitor at the church. Um, I was a waiter at a, in a restaurant. And so I started, yeah, cleaning, literally cleaning toilets. I was also leading worship as a volunteer. So I was doing all the music for our youth ministry. And I, there was a few Sundays where I was literally on the clock emptying garbages. But this is back in the day where you wore suits to church every Sunday. And so I bought my suit at, we also had a little like, um, thrift shop in our lobby. So I bought my suit for $20 that I wore almost every week. <laughs> and what, there were a few Sundays where I was cleaning toilets with a suit on in between services and I'd get on the That's stage awesome. and I'd lead worship and our auditorium seats about 2,500. So I'd be leading worship in front of 2,000 people. And then during service break, I'd be, I'd be emptying garbages. So yeah, that, that was real. That, that's, that's an interesting stage, stage of life, definitely. Yeah. So we've talked about this on the podcast, and I'm just going to be completely transparent right here. I haven't had a ministry position longer than four years. Wow. You're looking at something where I'm, I'm doing bad math in my head, but 15, 16, 17 years, I, I think, right? Uh, nine, 19 years. I've 19. Like I said, bad math, 19 <laughs> years. How, how? How did you manage to stay in a position for 19 years? Like, what, what does that look like for you? Probably because our church changes so much. So it doesn't feel like I'm in one position. I, I mean, my role, I ha I've probably only been in one the similar role for more than three years at a time. Um, we're, we're a pretty younger staff. It hasn't always been like that. You know, our pastor now is 40 years old and he took over the church at 31. And so that's probably a lot of it. I'm also, I love the vision of the church. Um, I love I have a long-term relationship with Judah and Chelsea. I mean, I, I was 17 and I went on a ministry trip with him when they were engaged to be married. And when they were on this trip, it's me, a 17 year old with an engaged couple on a 10 hour drive into Canada. And there were times where Judah would go up to study and I'd sit in a coffee shop with this fiance. <laughs> it was bizarre. I'm just saying we go way back. And so I just think there's, there's something there. And we, we also complement each other. Judah is, is an artist. Uh, he is a gifted communicator. Um, my, no, I'm the first person in my family to be in ministry. My, my dad is a mechanical engineer. 
So even the way my brain is wired, like I connect with Judah, I've, I've, I've preached a lot. I did all, all, all of that, but I'm also a little bit more of a, you know, tactical, mathematical minded individual. So we just have a long history. So we connect really well, but I'm also very different than him. Wow. That's, that's exciting how you found somebody that's like complimentary and, and you connect with each other and, 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 and completing that, that package. So you're with um, the, you were with the city. Uh, and so now uh, there's, you're in the midst of a, a rebrand or something heading into church home. Um, yeah. and, and I, and I know like you first came on, on my radar, honestly, I, I found you on Fox news. I think ran, <laughs> ran an article about yep. this guy named Judah Smith, who's trying to like pastor people digitally and, on, his and yeah. on his phone, like, and, and it's just like, what's, what's going on. And so I started digging and doing some research and, and I honestly, just right now, the number one blog on my website is what I've wrote about you guys. So I don't know wow. if like people are still hitting on Google or what I honestly, I didn't really <laughs> dig into the analytics lately, but there still is a hot topic where people are trying to figure out what church home is. Yeah. So kind of help us here and, and really help us define what, what is church home? What are you guys trying to do? So here's part of the story that's funny is, so we changed the name of our church three years ago. And it, it, the, the, our church, we didn't have a digital app at that point. Uh, we, weren't, it, we didn't change the name of our church so that we could become a, you know, a massive digital expression. I mean, the name of our church is not very innovative. In fact, we pushed back with Judah quite a bit like, hey, we can get like some professionals in here, like rebranding experts. And he's like, no, I feel like God's calling our church to be church like a home. And this is three years ago and possibly to have church in your home. And, and, but church should feel like a home setting. It should feel like a refuge. It should feel like a space where you breathe. And um, I, I, I feel like it's supposed to change. So it was, it was a bit of an, an identity emphasizer when we made that transition. Little did we know um, how important technology would be to complete that mission. Uh, and we're still learning how that all is. But we, uh, there's people that have come up to me and been like, okay, so I know of City Church, which is our old name, but there's a million City Churches now. When we started in 1992, it was like this super innovative name. Um, but uh, we were City Church, and when we changed, people thought like, okay, so is City Church like your building church and church home is like your digital church? <laughs> it's just, it just happens to be that within a year of us changing our name, that this opportunity came for us around uh, using digital technology to help us uh, create communities, hopefully all over the world. The, the goal of, of, of Church Home is to create churches in homes. And part one is to create a church environment, maybe in a physical building that feels like home. But then there's a second yep. part that's creating churches in homes. Un, unpack, I mean, both if you want, but really that second piece of what does it look like to create a church in a home? Yeah, I mean, first thing I'll say is I think I think it's important we don't get hung up on a facility um, because it's not about a building, it's not about a home. Uh, it's it's way more about church. Uh, we all know this. It's no question for any church leader that a building is not a church, um, and that's the same thing. You know, I think that's probably why in your blog in the past and maybe when we launched our app. Um, people there were some people that had a little bit of a hard time because they're like an app is not church and we're like we're not saying it is but we do believe just like a building facilitates church we believe that an app facilitates church um 
And, and I will also say this, that the first 300 years of the church, there weren't buildings. Like the buildings were, didn't get created until Constantine built them. And so like when we, when we look at churches, I mean, and throughout the New Testament, Paul is saying, hey, greet those people. And if you, if you look at it, it says the ones who meet at the church in your home, like people just found whatever means possible they could to build the community of church. And I, I think culturally um, that we've, we've put limitations around the church that don't need to be there. Um, and, and I think that's kind of the heart. I mean, if, if you take the digital mentality, that's way broader, not talking church, but you know, we have Amazon in our backyard, um, Silicon Valley is just down the road and Seattle is becoming a new Silicon Valley. I mean, literally our real estate has doubled in the last three years because a lot of companies from San Francisco are moving up here. Uh, Apple's moving their headquarters to Seattle. Um, Microsoft is literally a stone's throw from where I'm sitting right now. And the list goes on. So we're in a very, we're in a very tech based area. The way, the way the tech world thinks is they, they literally are, are constantly adapting, constantly changing, and they're constantly thinking one thing. Let's use whatever means humanly possible to sell what we have, to give what we have. And so in my opinion, like, why shouldn't the church think that much that, that way even more so? Like, let's use any means we possibly can. I mean, Amazon started in Seattle last year. They built a whole department, invested millions of dollars into downtown, this thing called Amazon Go. It's a grocery store that you walk in with your phone in your pocket, grab your stuff and walk out without checking out. Your phone just does it for you. Everybody's like, this is going to be the next idea. Well, they closed it two months ago. They're like, didn't work. And by the way, all of your staff that did this, you don't have a job anymore. <laughs> like, and, but at the same time, they just started a new store in Seattle because they're testing it um, called the Four Star. And what, what that is, is the top 100 Four Star rated products on Amazon, they're selling in person. And they're, I mean, they're totally random, but they're all the top sellers. And Amazon's just going, it's not about an app. It's not about online. It's not about a building. It's let's find any way possible to sell. And so if a building helps us, let's do it. Let's find it out. And so, so, so much more, I think, why, why doesn't the church think the same way? Yeah. There, there's that bit of experimenting that, you know, the church has, and we talked about this recently. We had Seth Muse on, who's a communications director. At, at a church and and we've just talked so much about this idea of the church doesn't experiment it's it's afraid to it's it gets locked in this model of of the of the brick and the mortar building of oh well we've been doing church services for years we shouldn't have to do another thing because the the church service worked 20 years ago 30 years ago 50 years ago 100 years ago way back in constantine i mean that's that's a, a great um illustration right there of we've been stuck in, in a model and are maybe trying to, to break free of, of that model. Churches like yours with, with church home, it, you know, wrestling with what it looks like to do something different. And honestly, like, as I was doing some digging, I'll, I'll never forget this tweet. And I, uh, we may, I've discussed it, I think previously, but literally somebody said in a, in a tweet and Twitter's Twitter, I get it. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what the F bomb you think this is, but don't call it church. That mm -hmm. was the church. That was someone involved in the church's response to church home experimenting with doing something different. Like, and there's a whole bunch of issues with that, but how much of that have you guys 
felt. Seattle's sheltered. I'll say that. Like we're, um, we're we're probably disconnected from the, and it's probably a good thing. There's probably some bad things to it, but we're disconnected from a lot of different areas with like the sometimes the competition and the critics in the church world. And I mean, honestly, what we're passionate about, we're based in Seattle. We have a location in Los Angeles. Um, and, and we're believing to really reach people and engage with them at a high level, uh, much broader than that, clearly. But um, I think we've been sheltered from a lot of it. I mean, I would say this, like, um, we, a lot of our staff, for example, I mean, they probably are, it's not like we regulate their social media, but we don't talk about our press this way or that way that much. It, it, you know, there were some in the beginning that were kind of, they were kind of fun to hear. Just like, I was like, wow, people really have an opinion about this. I'm kind of shocked. Um, but there, so there might still be a lot going on. I literally would tell you, I don't even know. Um, I, I think we just have our head down. We're trying to learn. We're trying to experiment. Um, we're trying to listen to, to users, not to critics. Or uh, another way, that's a, those are kind of digital terms, but you know, we're trying to listen to people that are, that are engaging with our community and what their experience is and how we can make that better. Um, that, that's what I have my focused attention on. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what our team has their focused attention on. Yeah. Um, what, what is a, so what is a, what does church look like in church home? Uh, obviously yeah. physical buildings, I think people can put it together, but you know, maybe since let's not listen to the critics, but let's focus on what is this? What, what's, what's the end game? What's the actual church uh, so going through a mobile. here's what I think people get hung up on. I mean, to answer your question, we have, we have five locations that are buildings. We have staff, pastors, we have gatherings on Sundays uh, and Wednesday night. Um, but, and we also have this, this digital tool that is what we're passionate about is that we call it a digital tool, by the way, um, that it's a, it's a tool that helps engagement. I'm going to use a term that's nothing rocket science, but I think this is what get, people get hung up with on maybe this critic who said, this is not church. And um, is, is this, well, people need to meet in person. And um, I mean, I, I, that's a good question. I don't know if anybody can conclude on that, but I will tell you our goal is that people would meet in person. So what we are hoping to do with mobile technology is help people, whether they meet in our buildings or they meet in another way that we can create a space where people can can build relationships and meet face to face. So, uh, and whatever means possible for that to facilitate, there is massive benefits to digital uh, engagement and technology. I believe majority of that and get majority of that is is really benefit on the front end. Uh, I asked the guys at Life Church when we were first exploring this, you know, because from what the little bit that I know, they're some of the people that really started this. And I talked to their online pastor, and he's like, man, people are actually, they engage more on online than they do in person. You know, I'll walk past somebody in our lobby and they won't say hi to me, and they'll get on their phone and they'll text me. Or vice versa, people will be extremely vulnerable. And let's just be honest, it's because there's anonymity. You know, you can, you can talk about, I had a terrible day today, this, this, and this, and this, and just open up very quickly with complete strangers. That's actually something that we can really use for our benefit. Like we can use that vulnerability 
to create connections that hopefully lead to people meeting together in person. Um, so what Church Home looks like is, I, I say all that to say, Church Home is very passionate about being church like a home. And what I mean by that, again, is that, is that you have a safe place, a small church that happens to have a lot of people. So we want to have a small church environment. And it just our prayer is that we reach as many people as possible. So uh, it happens to have a lot of people, but it might meet in small environments. Or if you're in an environment that's large, we want to feel very small. We want to feel very authentic. We want to feel very genuine. We want everybody to know somebody and somebody to know you. At the end of the day, is it about a group's program? Is it about this? I think, I think programs are overrated. Programs help us facilitate a cultural value. Our cultural value would be that. When you're going through a hard time, do you actually know somebody that you can call or text or connect with? And that person doesn't need to have the answers. They just need to be able to be there and be like, hey, I'm sorry. I'll pray with you. I'm, I'm for you. And we all know that the people we want to go to in those moments is not somebody that's got a solution, but somebody that's going to empathize with us. It's going to be somebody that's going to be there for us. And so we're trying to find any way possible to help facilitate easy connection. Um, even, like I said, for people that come in our buildings, we, I think one of the negative aspects of the mega church world in which we live in, of which we are one, by the way, <laughs> um, is it's so easy to slip in and slip out. It's so easy to come to a gathering and think a gathering is church. And, and as we know, church is so much more than that. And, and so we're, we're kind of, we're, we're trying to think of a community that engages daily rather than Sunday. Um, and let's use Sunday or a gathering as a tool to help people engage daily. Um, so that's what, that's, that's what we're passionate about at Church Home. So often we hear with, with church online or, or technology that, that, it, that it conflicts, that it competes with the physical building. Like I've literally had conversation where pastors are, are debating about shutting down church online because they're seeing church online numbers skyrocket and they're seeing physical numbers shrink. So rather than working with the thing that's being successful, they want to shut down the successful thing in hopes that since they're not able to access the content, the services, the messages online, they'll go back to the physical buildings, the brick and mortar and, and see it there. What you've done with Church Home is you've managed to develop a, a strategy or maybe unpack what this looks like, where your Church Home app, your digital strategy um, complements what's happening in the physical as well as coexisting outside for, for an online audience. You kind of unpack a little bit about how the mobile works alongside and doesn't compete with sure. the uh, physical. Well, let me use a few words that you just used to kind of give context. First off, let me actually say it does compete. And I think it's important for, for any leader to go, if I leave it to itself, they do contrast and they do compete. But if we lead it, they cannot, and I actually don't even want to use the word compliment, that they can do their part in their own space to help make the whole experience better. Let me give you an example. When Nordstrom first started their digital, and Nordstrom's also a local com community here, uh, company here, and um, when they first started their digital online presence for selling stuff, what ended up happening without them trying to was their stores and their digital ended up competing against each other. And so their leadership got together and said, 
this isn't going to work. The option that I think what churches and what church leaders have thought is um, you kind of have three options. Keep them competing, and that's a pain, um, or shut one of them down. We should shut buildings down. No, we should shut online down. But when you think in business terms, how, how terrible would that be for Nordstrom to make that conclusion? Of course the answer is one of the two. Either let them keep competing, which I don't think is a good solution, or let's find out a way that these can work together. Not, and, and, and I agree, there's a complementary aspect to it, but there's also an idea of going, let's let digital make physical better, and let's make physical make digital better. So what I mean by this is this, and this is what we're endeavoring to do, and I, I will say that. Um, we are trying, and we are growing, and we are learning, and I think we've got some great ideas. <laughs> and I think what we're doing right now is also awesome, but I think some of the new things we're gonna be trying in the future are going to even make this even better. That you have, you have the exact same experience, whether your first interaction with church home is digital and online or if it's in person. And I'm actually beginning to see that the most ideal scenario is your first impression to be digitally, which leads to in person. So I'm going to use in person on purpose rather than, than buildings. Because again, I don't want us to be limited to buildings being physical. Physical that I think we see in the Bible is people meeting with people. Um, and obviously there's the whole government structure of church. Of course, we believe in all that, but I'm just saying it's face-to-face -face engagement. So um, what we have had, and this actually did happen for us, is that we, when we launched our app, um, we, we realized quickly that we had to start creating workflows. How is this all going to work? And so we started creating all these workflows, and all of a sudden we kind of had two churches. We had workflows for all of our buildings and our mega church. And then we had workflows for all of our digital. And I mean, we had staff literally, just to tell you the conflict to be vulnerable with you, we had staff being like, I kind of feel like we're going back to the book Exodus and you're asking us to build more brick with less straw and mud. Like, I feel like you just gave me a second job. I can't keep up with both of these. Cause, because we were like, we're gonna, we're gonna seamlessly bring these together. All of us are gonna be involved. You're, everybody's gonna have a job on the app. Everybody's gonna have a job in person. And, and, um, and that's still, you know, part of being a team is you just jump in and do it. But what we're working on right now is trying to go, let's think of one workflow that seamlessly has digital, physical, physical, digital, physical, rather than digital, 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 or physical, 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 physical. Let's have one workflow that doesn't cause these things to compete because they naturally do, but they actually seamlessly work together and there's a term that is funny in, 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 in industry right now um, that's, that's called digital. Like I said, you can tell so many jokes around it. Um, but this term is exactly that. It's the seamless uh, cohesion of physical and digital workflows working together in cohesion to build the best product we possibly can. So church is not a business. It's not a product. You, you hear my heart. But... Um, that's what we're endeavoring to do. And uh, it's a constant journey. It's a, it's a, it's a constant adaptation. Um, and it's a constant learning from users on how we can do that better. Mark, you made a comment earlier about how programs and processes need to work together. Um, I thought that was great because so often, you know, I find that we get 
so caught up in terms of what the true uh, purpose of the program is. And so can you give me some, some like more specific examples as to how that works out with church home in terms of, Hey, here's the concept that we want to see happen. How are we going to do this in a digital space? And we're open to whatever ideas come with it as far as how that's going to work. Sure. I'll tell you some we are doing right now. I'll also tell you some of the problems we have with those, which is why we're trying to explore other ways, but they're, they're good problems. It's, it's, there's probably always going to be some problems with everything we do, which is what keeps us having a job. <laughs> um, but uh, what we're doing right, right now, which has been a big aspect of, of what we're, we're trying to leverage content to, 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 to be a hook for people to engage with. And our, our goal is that those people would, would consider starting groups, leading groups. So obviously groups is a, is a very big aspect. Um, we wanna make it super easy for people to lead groups. One thing that's been very specific is we have, um, we've, we've tried to really streamline our technology rather than having like 15 different on-ramps. As narrowing as it is, we've said, this is our on-ramp. Um, so we don't, we're not like communicating to our church and say, hey, uh, go use this technology, go use that, go do this. And I think there's benefits to that. But I think what I would recommend to anybody is curate those different technologies that other people created, like Facebook groups or any of those, try to curate them to work as one seamless thing customized for, for your community. Um, so for us, we, we went all in with this mobile app. Uh, are we going to have use some of that in, a, in a, an online web-based experience? Sure, we'd like to build that out more. But we went first with a mobile app because that's way more where people are at. Um, I mean, who even remembers Amazon.com? Like when, I'm not saying people don't use it, but that's where Amazon started. But what made Amazon Amazon is that app because we all know we spend way too much money because we think of something and then we buy it right then on our phone. So mobile technology is very different than online technology. And mobile technology is primarily about the immediate and it's also primarily about engagement because you can engage right then or right there. I mean, think about how different social media would be if we didn't have mobile phones. Uh, it'd be extremely different. And so uh, I think streamlining what you're going to choose, that's what we chose. That's why we went that direction. Um, I also believe that, that businesses that are using mobile technology appropriately are the ones that are really thriving. And I don't think, um, in my opinion, I don't think churches have really used mobile technology for what it is. It's become like an app version of a website. Um, it's, it's not really interactive. It's not very engaging. It's not something that is um, addicting. And let's be honest, these things are addicting. So why not use that addiction to do it for something awesome like Jesus and church? <laughs> so that's, that's, what, that's what we're on for sure. Some of the other things we're working on right now is we do still presently have separate workflows. Um, and what we are working on a new new thing that will allow us to do this, that your first step, uh, for example, I think probably somewhere in the 90s uh, or maybe even as early as the 80s, um, we could thank Bill Hybels and lots of other great, you know, entrepreneurial, creative thinking pastors that were like, hey, let's make let's make Sundays the, for the front door of church. Like we're going to make it open for, for non-Christians and make it a space where people feel safe. And Sundays became that. What we're wanting is we're wanting um, this phone, this, this digital app, or maybe the online experience to become the front door of church. That it's way less intimidating 
let's just be flat out honest to say, hey, uh, would you consider checking out this cool content? This is an app that um, a community, the community I'm a part of is, is leading. And um, it, rather than going like, hey, do you want to darken the doors of a church building this Sunday for people that don't go to church? There's so many preconceived ideas about that, but there's so little preconceived ideas about church on an app. So most people, I'll tell you, our experience, most people are like, 100%. Y'all check it out. That's cool. Wow, this is awesome. Like, and you, you can show it to them real quick, the hairdresser. Hey, check this out. Oh, that's kind of cool. So um, we're thinking digital really is a great first step. So I'll give you an example. Right now on Sundays, if you come to one of our buildings, if you raise your hand or, or respond in some way to say, I want to follow Jesus, you know, we have our, our assimilation steps, workflows. And it's usually as simple, ours are very low compared to most churches, but it's usually as simple as, uh, hey, we've got people at our next steps bar in the lobby. We have prayer on tap in the lobby, go check it out. And, and um, you know, we'd love to connect with you. We got a couple different things people can do. Um, what we would like to do is build our technology out appropriately so that whether you're in your barber shop or you are at church, the first steps are exactly the same. Download the app, and uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. So we're going to build out a, kind of a, a space where um, the onboarding process is, uh, is us getting to know the user. And then that space will really allow us the ability to engage with them customized and kind of help them find their next step in engagement. So regardless of whether you're in a building or you're engaging from a barbershop three states away, the goal is that once you download this app and you go through kind of an opening process, it'll immediately connect you into a space, a smaller space where you can engage with other users around your location. So you can start to get to know people. And then hopefully eventually you naturally get to know them online. You'll be like, Hey, you want to meet up at a coffee shop? I'd love to get to know you more. So, uh, but we hope that's actually going to revolutionize our, the people who come to our buildings also that the same thing will happen. They'll be put in a small space with a group of people that live, you know, in the Redmond area around them. Maybe they all work at Microsoft and be like, hey, let's grab lunch during our lunch break today. I, you know, I've met you on this digitally. Let's meet in person now. So the, the app drives, it connects people who are geographically um, similar and, and connects them together to, in hopes of creating some sort of a biblical community. Yeah. What, I mean, in using church language here, but what else? Um, like with, with the app at all, I know a lot of times in, in physical brick and mortars, like there's next step classes, 101, 201, 301, 401, you know, connect to God, other serving um, mission, you know, just different strategies that are out there. Do you guys implement any of those strategies on your app? Are those strategies in the physical church? Like what, what are those processes kind of look like for you? Well, let me preface this with that, with this first two. The guy who launched, one of the top investors for Airbnb and the guy who launched PayPal said, if you're not embarrassed by the first expression of your technology, you launch too late. So um, there are aspects of our app that I so wish were already better and were better from the beginning. But we took that as a premise to go, let's go, let's get out there and we'll make it better as we go. It is getting more systematized and strategic uh, up front. We've just put all that content on there. And we've and we've we've allowed uh, on-demand version of chat in all of in all of those spaces. So I mean, just if we really just boil it down and simple. So we have our grow classes on there. 
we have content about how to get baptized and the basics of what we believe about biblical baptism, and we encourage people to do it. And here's here's what we see biblically is the is the base that you need. Go do it and let us know. Like we're also here. Come to our church. Come to our building if you want. But we also believe that the Bible gives preference for this over here if you do it in this way. So we have that content on there. Um, yes, with kind of some of this new stuff that I was just describing that we're trying to get better at is we're trying to use the technology to help kind of lead somebody through those steps. Um, so, you know, if, if, if you're, if you're engaging and you, and you, and you're, you want to step into leadership, it's very clear what to do. And all of that is at your fingertips. And we want it to be in an engaging space where you're, you're, you're simultaneously engaging with humans, uh, not just digital content and and going through checking off boxes because as we all know the devil can do that and he could be leading in our church so um but but at the same time there's a, just a massive level of of trust also um so you know we we also we also really believe in 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 uh, you know doing everything we can with all those different processes but um but also leading a space for people to step step in and and give it a go so other things like volunteering uh, a lot of it is around is around chat and communication. Like we haven't integrated at this point, like functional stuff that typical church things do. But I will say this, if you don't think about church via how to make Sunday happen, but you make church more around like engagement and community, volunteering looks totally different. It's not about mm -hmm. getting volunteers at a door on Sunday. It's about people serving their neighbors. And it's about people doing different. So we, we, are, we are high on that. We have these things called uplift projects and we do global uplift projects. And um, so like when the wildfires hit California, we did a response event last fall where we literally did a live event Q and R for 30 minutes. And we just tried to raise money for, for we, we picked an organization. It was the firefighters. And um, you know, a lot of this is around, around finances but um, we, we literally brought three people on live that their houses burned down. We interviewed them. We talked to them about what the experience is like. And it was, it's on our app right now. So you have all that on demand. Um, so there's lots of opportunities like that. But then we also encourage people to start just like a group. We encourage them to start what we call uplift groups, which are basically like service-oriented, volunteer-oriented um, things. So getting out and 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 impacting your city, impacting your world. So it's, it's really more around resourcing and empowering people to go do than it is around like trying to collect people and having organization systems that help make Sunday happen. Mark, that's fantastic. Kind of begs the question a little bit. And I know you guys got a physical location in Los Angeles as well. Mm -hmm. um, do you have online digital communities uh, that, that end up resulting in physical locations, or not, not locations in the sense of a physical campus, but outside of Seattle and outside of LA, like in terms of these connections. Is that happening with Church Home? Yeah, we're, it, it, it organically has happened, yeah. Uh, and we're, we're, in, we're in beta, beta mode of that, <laughs> meaning we're, we're exploring that ourselves. So yeah, we, we, have, a, um, we, have, we have a handful. Um, we probably have more than that that we know of too. But some that we're engaging with, um, we, we have one in Seattle. Uh, there's an area in Seattle called Bainbridge Island. So it's literally an island that's, that you have to take a boat to get to Seattle. And it's an island life. Like, people don't want to leave the island. Um, and it's, it's a couple that's just hardcore that, that did commute to our church 
hour and a half. Um, but when this happened, they're like, awesome. We can just invite people to our home. So they just didn't, we didn't tell them to. And, and we're like, awesome. You know, what's kind of crazy about this. Same thing about digital being a first impression. I went, so I've, I've been to their, uh, they're on our app. Um, we're calling them like a group at this point, but they do join our live gathering. They meet in their home. They worship together. They, they always cook food. He's a professional musician. So he like has a studio at his house and they live out of their house, literally a uh, really artistic couple. And, um, all of the people, I can almost promise you this, all the people that have come to their group would in no way ever get on a ferry and ever come to one of our buildings. They are not church people. They're kind of spiritual. Um, so when their friend said, hey, we're doing this thing at our house. It's about Jesus. Come over. They're like, yeah, we'll come support you. They're, I mean, people are open. But coming to a, a church building, especially it's an hour and a half drive, like that's for the committed. And this is a small community where just to be honest, like most church planters aren't going like, let's go there. Like it's, it's so, so we have a community like that there. We have one um, in Dallas that started, which I know we're all like, there's tons of churches in Dallas, <laughs> but, um, but it organically happened. So we got around it. It was this couple that literally they listened to our podcast, uh, liked our pastor, liked our culture. And they literally prayed. They showed us this in their journal. They're a younger couple. And they said, hey, um, we, we, we're praying for that we're going to find a church within a year. And we're praying that we'll find a church just like Church Home. That was literally in their journal. Um, the next week, we announced our app. And they were like, oh, my word, let's start a group. Within two weeks, because of the app, they had over 40 people come to their group that they'd never met. They started in a cafe because they didn't want a bunch of strangers showing up their house. Um, and they, they literally meet every week now. They, they, they've had baptisms. They've had people, they have people give their lives to Jesus weekly, like raise their hand the same time that people are in our physical buildings. Um, we are, we're presently constantly talking to them because we want to learn from them more than we're asking them to learn from us. Um, primarily more about what's the experience like, what are the pain points you're having, uh, we're also clearly at the same time, just completely giving them culture and DNA uh, every chance we have. But yeah, we're we're in an exploration process in that. So when people are starting them, we're 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 wanting to more hear from them and see what's happening, and uh, and we're we're kind of seeing where that goes. I know we had um, Danny from uh, Elevation Church on, and she's the watch party pastor. And, and she talked a lot about kind of what you're, de you're describing, at least elevation spin on that. And they're <laughs> constantly evolving and experimenting uh, with that model over there. Like Dallas, what does that service look like? How, how are you training these people quality control? Like that's, that's two time zones away from you on the West coast. What, what is the practicalness of that worship experience look like? So what I say right now could be completely different in six months. So we're, 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 liter we're literally in a place where we're just starting to lean in to go, okay, let's collect a handful of these and let's learn from them. Let's go to them. Let's experience it with them. It's just so different than, I, it's funny, I'm talking about using a digital tool and right now we're, you know, communicating over a computer. Um, but it, take this from a pastor, it's so different when you meet in person. That's why we want our digital tool to lead to in person. So we want to go to them. We want to learn from them. Uh, but what's happening right now is this. We have weekly communication with them because they want it. They, they are communicating with us via text. 
we have a Google Hangout with all of our, what we call our global group leaders. So we have, we, we do have groups, all of them are engaging at different levels. Um, but we have groups that are meeting in, uh, I think, 80 different cities worldwide. Um, and we actually do a Google Hangout with all of those leaders. And it's like a leaders meeting. We talk, we talk culture. We talk, we ask, we have a Q&A time with them. They ask us questions. Obviously, some of them are engaging with us more than others. Um, and so that's what kind of the support structure looks like. But we really hope to build that out quite a bit moving forward. Um, second, uh, how the services look like. They get together. There's usually some food when they're hanging out. And then we have service that's scheduled at 6 p.m. Pacific time. So for them, that's 8 p.m. So when it comes on, they just airplay it to their TV. We're working on, we're working on, uh, we, we would like to, it just comes down to priorities, uh, build a Roku and Apple TV app so they can just, it's, it's embedded in there. Uh, but in the meantime, Chromecast is on there. And so we're, you know, working on casting abilities, but they just cast it on their TV and they literally watch the same experience. At this point, we might do a different customized version for in-home. Um, but right now it's the exact same experience if you were just taking it on the phone and on the phone, we have a, a highly moderated chat uh, area and it's fascinating. At the very beginning, we have what's our called our digital lobby. It literally looks like our services. So our services are unique, not like most churches. We worship at the end. We sing at the end. We preach at the beginning. So, wow. yes, I know it's very different. Um, but when we start, it, it happened unplanned when we started our LA community, which we never planned doing. It started in a home, which is funny. Literally Judah was down there with a friend of his that's in the industry. And he said, Hey, you're in town for a preach speaking engagement. Will you, um, will you do a Bible study in my house? And they invited people that would not normally go to church. And Judah has a gift definitely for communication, especially with unchurched people. And and that night there was like probably like 12 or 15 people and like two thirds of the room responded to give their lives to Jesus. And it was one of those moments like, wow, that was God. And of course there was no music. Of course there was nothing. It was in a house and he got up and talked. And so quickly, these are very unchurched people. So if we started with like a song at the beginning, they would have been like, where, where are we? <laughs> so that, that whole community in LA for a year and it grew to like 300 it was literally Judah hopping on a plane every Wednesday preaching and leaving. And we would meet in a, hall, a, a hotel ballroom with a microphone. That was it. And it grew to several hundred people. And then we started introducing music at the end because it just felt right, to be honest, with all the people in the room. None of them had any experience in a church setting, like zero. And um, so we've used that to kind of reflect. You know, we think we, we can give some biblical precedents. We don't think it's like that level, but... Uh, you know, we believe that worship is a response to the gospel. And so that's why we do it. But it's also uh, disarming. So literally, if you come to one of our services online or in person, uh, let's say it starts at 9, 9.03, that preacher is up there. Let's open our Bibles. <laughs> and, awesome. uh, and you're going. And then it leads to singing and then like some closed comments and giving and stuff like that. So we have a digital lobby. It's like 10 minutes of chat. And everybody's like, hey, I'm here from Brazil. I'm here for, it's, it's pretty fun because you got people from all over the world um, that are checking in. And so there, there's a, a chat where we, we are super social. We're, we're like a family, we're church home. So we're very social. Um, half the time when the communicator gets up, he's like, okay, we're starting. Like literally, 
So people look around, it's like, oh, I guess we should sit down now. And um, so people sit down and then we start, the, then the communicator starts speaking and uh, it leads into music and it leads into a response time. And all that time has got some chat in there. You can turn the chat off if you turn your phone to landscape mode or you can keep it on if you keep it up. So if, whichever one you prefer, um, but it's, it's, it seems great. So this is amazing. And I know that in a lot of riots, it's innovative. Um, are there any other churches or church movements that you guys are learning from right now? Yeah, we learn different things from different people. Um, of course, you're not gonna be surprised by the people I bring up, but in the church world, uh, obviously Elevation, what they're doing is unbelievable. And I'm friends with a few of the people there. Um, Life Church, uh, Craig is is kind of like an uncle to Pastor Judah, uh, to our pastor. So he's constantly encouraging him in his innovation. When we launched the app, you know, Craig was right there cheering him on. Um, so, you know, I would say those two are some of the top. I'm friends with a few other online pastors. So like the pastoral engagement part, um, you know, uh, on Saddleback, um, I know they've been doing online groups for a long time. We've learned some from them. Uh, but when it comes to the technology platform, to be honest, we're learning from people that are not church people. Um, right. The way this started was an entrepreneur that went to church twice a year, was homesick in November, and he turned TV on and watched church on TV. And he's a very successful, smart entrepreneur. And he goes, the church hasn't updated their technology since 1970. That was, he's like, they're still using broadcast TV. Uh, they haven't even started using mobile technology. And so he got this idea as an entrepreneur, I want to build mobile technology like the church has never seen. And so for him, it's a business, but um, it's an incredible guy. And he, he uh, is in LA and he actually reached out to us. Um, and, and he started talking with us and they're the ones that have developed this uh, with us and for us. It's an incredible partnership, but none of them, and I mean, none of them <laughs> are church people. They've all become Jesus followers, <laughs> but wow. it's funny. We'll, they'll challenge our strategies all the time. Like last week I was talking to him about a groups, kind of a, what a lot of, a lot of us do new year, like a groups initiative. And they're like, why do you do that? And I explained huh. it to them and they're, and then immediately when they ask the question, I start getting in their frame of reference. And I'm like, there's so many better ways we could be doing this. And so I will, I, to be honest, I would say we actually are learning a lot more from Silicon Valley than we are learning from, from churches. In, in many ways, uh, shouldn't that be the case? <laughs> um, uh, and I, I think that's wonderful that you guys have the humility to admit that because, you know, you kind of challenged this thought earlier. We get stuck in our own perspective, in our own way. Well, this is the way it's always been done. Therefore, it's the always it's the way yeah. it always should be done, and uh, it seems like you guys are challenging that. How are you guys creating content to engage folks in the midweek that's connected to the weekend? Because I know that's a big part of what it is that you're doing, and that's just got to be that's got to create a tremendous amount of tension for you. So tell me yeah, about so, that. So right now we have what's called a daily spark. So literally we have a we have a we have a daily one minute and a half. Um, and it is curated, it is intentional. I wouldn't say it's always like echoing what's being said on Sunday exactly, but I will say this, once again, this is just our community. 
Sure. Uh, but we preach Jesus every Sunday. So it almost doesn't matter what you're talking about. It always ties in together. Um, right. And so, so yeah, we do have a daily thing uh, called Daily Spark. That's also something that we are, you know, tr continuing to try to make better and more engaging, more interactive and more, when I say engaging, I'm not just talking about engaging with other people. I'm talking about engaging with Jesus. Mm -hmm. And um, there's a lot of content out there. So we want something that really makes, that really helps you facilitate a moment with Jesus. So we're, we, we are, there's actually some sneak peek stuff on there right now called guided prayers. That's um, like about a four to five minute. And it's literally that like helping people. And I'll tell you what, I've been praying and read my Bible for 25 years daily, mm -hmm. obviously not every day, but you get what I'm saying. And, sure. um, and I found these personally, like so engaging in a world that is full of distractions. Mm. I found my prayer life is so easy. Like I have to focus so much more and maybe people are more spiritual than me, but I've had to fight for focus in my time in the Bible, in my time talking to God more just because of the culture we live in now, life is so fast paced and because of the digital tools that we have. And mm. um, I'll say these five to five to eight minute guided prayers have been really helpful for me because it's it's just something like think about this right now say this out loud think about how jesus is embracing you right now you know like it's 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 pretty awesome so we we, we hope that those are going to be a real tool to help people once again our church exists to point people to jesus not mm. to our message um so the daily content is pointed towards that from a from a practical standpoint, is that is that Judah? Is that lead pastor? Who's who's in your daily minute? Like who are the people doing the content? So the daily Actually, sparks, right? The daily sparks all started out as Judah and Chelsea. Um, we shot them all in two days, like a month. Like literally they just did two days straight content, nailed it. Um, and then we started doing like response with sparks, like where it'd be like a selfie spark where you just pull his phone up and do it. If something happened. Uh, like a tragedy, we still do these like the day of he'll stop. He'll say something about it, pray it and we'll post it. So it did start out primarily as, as, as Jude and Chelsea. Then we've started bringing in um, a handful of our community and we've been intentional about different voices, different ages, uh, you know, diversity, inclusive, inclusivity, different, different perspectives. Um, the guided prayers, uh, are are once again it's just another piece of content we'll see what happens but they're doing those right now too and let me ask this probably the biggest problem that with churches that are doing something similar or trying to do something similar to what you're doing groups creating physical community creating community online utilizing a church online or a digital transmission uh is this idea of church in isolation and you mentioned it earlier you know, the goal of church home isn't to have a bunch of people staring at their iPhones experiencing right. church. The, the goal is to create community. How are, create new communities in, in different areas, an island that you're not able to, to plant a church, Dallas, you know, yeah. wherever they may be. How are you able to get people away from isolation, staring at the phones? Um, like, is this geographical thing you were talking about earlier? Is that the only way you're doing it? Are there other methods that you're using to pull people out of isolation into a new community? Yeah, I, that's a good question. And I, I, I'll take a stab at it. Um, it, it. It starts with the heart. 
and the focus that that's the goal of this. So when we're shaping and making content, when we're shaping and making strategy, we're focusing on that. Um, I don't know. Number one, there's, we can't control people. We can't force them, but, but we are definitely trying to, from the very inception, from the launch of this app, we said, this is all the build the word we used, which is funny, tactile relationships. Now we're kind of saying face-to-face -face engagement. Um, engagement is not a new thing on app, but face-to-face -face engagement, you know, leading to that is, is not the tool of a lot of, well, there are some dating apps around that, but um, so yeah, I will say this, the, this, this digital device, um, we didn't know in the beginning, but it has led to a lot of isolation. It, it just has. But I think God's redeemed a lot of things to use them to, to, for other purposes. So we're saying rather than hiding from it, let's redeem it and use it to, to remove isolation. So yeah, I would say how we're doing that is probably in our messaging. We're building, we're, we're, we're trying to constantly think of, of, of new strategies to help facilitate that. Um, what we're learning from people that are meeting in person once we learn more from them, we'll probably adjust the technology to support that better, to help facilitate that better. But um, I, I know for myself in the past, I've got the cart before the horse way too many times. I've got an idea. I think it's great. And then we put all this work into it. And then, and then people really actually don't care about it or want it. But the way great organizations and, and, and businesses do it is they, they try things and they listen, they take feedback, and then they adjust and they adapt. And as they do that, so our goal is not changing. It's the goal that's been since the beginning of the church, point people to Jesus, let community swell as a result, and then help people step up to lead that community. And so we didn't create a vision. It's already established in the Bible. We're just trying to find tools to help facilitate it. I saw, I heard Clay Scroggins once, once at a conference, and, and he said that the, the digital, digital disruption, the business world looks at the digital disruption as an opportunity. The church looks at it as an obstacle to run away from. And so you, um, you know, maybe learning some from the business side out on the West Coast, but also trying to take advantage of these tools to, yeah. to create uh, community, to create disciples, to, to connect people to God. Ray, did you have any, any th questions as we're wrapping, how to land in the plane? I love this. I, Mark, I hope we can have you on again, just because I feel like I learned a lot. And I hope everybody listening learned a lot as well. And just hearing your heart and your passion for innovation. And, you know, you've heard us say this before. Once again, folks, um, try, just try, yep. <laughs> get out there and try something. And uh, if you get mocked for it, if, if, you know, if folks don't like it, if they don't appreciate it, that's okay. Uh, just keep trying and keep tweaking at it because it really is about reaching folks for Christ, just oh. like Mark is doing. I'll, I'll, land, I'll land the plane on a few scriptures because that's very spiritual and probably appropriate. But that's what the early church did. They, yeah. they say it seems good to us and the Holy Spirit to set you apart. I think we got to do more things. It's like, I think, it, I think it's going to be good. It seems like it's going to be good. I think God's saying this to me. So let's give it a try. And I love, I think it's the, I think it's the original living translation uh, that it's an Ecclesiastes scripture, but it says, if you, if you wait for perfect conditions, you'll never get anything done. And uh, this is never going to be cookie cutter. This is never going to be a formula. We're working with people. We're building a community, not uh, an organization. And we can't wait for perfect conditions. We got to give it a try. And I promise you this, uh, if, if we talk again someday, 
I will contradict myself then. We will have learned new things. We will have changed things we're doing right now. And I'll say, oh yeah, remember when I said that? I completely disagree with myself. And I think that's part of learning and growing. And, and I wanna be that type of Jesus follower that I'm humble enough to go, I had that completely wrong. And I think we need to apply that to our strategies as a church too. Awesome. I mean, I don't know anything better that I can say to lay in the plane. So Mark, thank you for joining us today. Ray, thanks for jumping on as well. Uh, this is Jeff with the Church Digital. Thanks for being here and uh, we'll hear you or see you or whatever next time. Y'all have a good day.